Morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are still in the study of the Gospel of Matthew, and the section is the closing of the Sermon on the Mount, which is a big chunk of words Jesus taught the crowd from chapter 5 to 7, and I entitled today's message, Word Attitudes and Life Choices, because we really have to reevaluate what is the value of the Word of God in our life. What is the attitude we have towards the Word of God? And what choices that is require us to make as disciples? And so that is why we have the message today. So let us start with the introduction. So Stuart Briscoe in his book uh, entitled, I Believe, right, said that in the New Testament, two words are used for life. The first word is bios which is very familiar to, uh, in computer language, but bios or biology, the root word for biology, but it talks about mere biological or physical ex uh, existence. You're born, you live, you die. It's like the lifespan of a living organism. That's bios. But the New Testament also uses another word, which is zoe. And zoe, although translated as life, it talks about life in its fullness a full and meaningful life. And that is why, what Jesus talked about in John chapter 10, verse 10, right? I came so that you may have life and have it to the full. So it is not just to extend our biological existence that Jesus came, but to transform that very sense of existence to a full and meaningful life for all who hold on to the promise in Christ in the gospel. It is not just an extension of your lifespan, an improvement of your health so that you can live a ripe old age, but a change of why you live. So mankind's challenge, therefore, is to find the ultimate purpose of what, why you are alive and to give all of your life to that one singular purpose, to experience what? Jesus says, a full life. To cross over from bios to truly living a Zoe type of life. So as you're listening, whether online or here today, have you found your one sole purpose of your life that God has created you, and are you living towards fulfilling it today? So that's the question, because that's the challenge of every man, to find that one singular purpose, the reason why God lived, uh, created us or put us here in this time, in this life, and living it out, right? Now, but despite it seems that when we are in Christ, we are supposed to have, you know, Zoe, or a full and meaningful life, life has lots of its challenges and difficulties, Right? So despite that is God's plan in Christ for you, no, a Christian life requires a series of surrenders. No, because sometimes we have so many keys in different parts of our life, and we hold on to these keys. And we tend only to surrender one key at a time to Jesus as the Lord of our life. Okay? It's a series of surrenders from glory to glory. We are more and more surrendering each part of our life and experiencing Zoe kind of life more and more each day. 
No, in uh, biography terms, when you record someone's life, no, we always look at how they start and how their life ends and what happens in between. And some biographies, people have a good start. Okay, either they found Christ early or they had their life event early on in their life. Okay, but some people had a bad start. No, they had a wayward, difficult life, lots of struggles and difficulties. No? So that's uh, one of the things. But aside from the start is the end. Some people no, have a good end. No, they lived out their full purpose despite a bad start. Now what if that person has a bad end? And maybe you have already some people in mind when we say they, ended, they didn't end well. Right? So... Our goal is to have Zoe a full and meaningful life beginning today, whether we started not well, okay, it's okay, but we want to end well that at the end of their, our life, we really lived out that purpose God has for us. Otherwise, it's like your life is still in the lost and found box when Christ already found and redeemed you. No, yung student council ako in high school, one of the perks is the mayor gets the lost and found key. And out of curiosity, yes, let's open it. And we open it and the horrors, there were things there that have been there for so long, nabubulok na. No? And that sometimes is the problem with Christians. We have already been found by Christ and are in Christ. And yet, we continue to live like we are lost, stuck. Uh, somewhere, no, still needing to surrender more areas of our life. You know, our passage today in the Sermon of the Mount, okay, from verse 5 to 7, the people had lots of information, lots of words from Christ, lots of teaching. And Jesus is closing his sermon by pointing out, unless the words you heard change you, it is of no value to you. And so to us, brothers and sisters, we cannot have a full and meaningful life unless the Word of God changes us from the inside out. No? In a nutshell, the Sermon on the Mount was about kingdom principles to be lived by kingdom citizens, exemplifying kingdom living. In the kingdom, God is king. And so, dapat, his will, his, no, his uh, teaching, his standards are abided by the people living in the kingdom. No? And so, Jesus was enumerating all of these things. And then, he ends with a warning. Okay? Unless these words transform you, it is of no value. No? So, we're expecting the worst here that they will get angry at Jesus because of his tough words. But we will see a different response. Let's go back to Matthew 7, 28 to 29. Read out loud together. Okay? Sabay. Na? And when Jesus finished saying these sayings, sorry, when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their 
scribes again. And when Jesus finished, they didn't throw tomatoes at him or walk out of the room because of his harsh words, but they were in awe. They were awestruck, astonished at what he said because he was teaching them with authority, not like the scribes. So let's unpack that a bit before we start our four challenges. Okay? They were astonished at Jesus' teaching. In today's word, maybe when you heard something significant, it, your heart felt challenged. You were moved. No? You were changed from the inside. Right? You're struck. No? You were touched. No? And you can never be the same because it just hit you hard in the face and in the heart. Everyone had that feeling. Now, the crowd listening to Christ, they were astonished by what he said. They were wowed. But not only that, they found him as authoritative, meaning he was believable, he was commendable, it was acceptable. Unlike the scribes. It was a painful thing, right, to hear that. The scribes were the cap ones who copied the law. Okay, they copied the law, they teach the law. They made sure that the law is preserved from generation to generation. But the people didn't find them believable, authoritative. But this Jesus, his words struck a chord in their heart in such a significant way. So that was the response of the crowd. And hopefully, that will also be our response today as we look into our life. Have we made this clear choice already? No. So these are four critical choices for citizens of God's kingdom towards the end of the sermons on the mounts of kingdom principles or kingdom living guidelines. No. And these are the choices. First, they are to supposed to choose their worldview henceforth. And so do we. Are we obeying and following the word of God, the standards of Scripture, are, are we still following the standards or the ways of the word, world? No? So either we are fully invested in seeing the world according to God's word or truth, or we're still influenced by the messages around us from the world. Now let's look at the passage, no? Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. You know, uh, worldview is not as simple as saying, seeing the glass of half full or half empty. No, it's more than that. So let's look at what the American Heritage Dictionary says. A worldview is the overall perspective from which you choose to see and interpret your world. No, it's your overall perspective you see and interpret the world. If you believe that science is the answer to everything, then for you, you know, the world must have a scientific explanation. That's worldview. 
If you don't believe in God, then all those miracles you will interpret as a mere accident. Right? So, depende on the worldview mo. If you don't believe that God will punish sin, then you, your worldview says that enjoyment is just okay. No, enjoy your life, live your pleasures. Morality is not a thing. It's just, you know, popular. Okay, so your worldview matters. Number two, it's a collection of your beliefs about life and the universe that is held by you and people who are like you or think the way you do. So, worldview. No? So, you have to change the way you view the world. Pero we all understand that the way we view the world is shaped by the information we receive okay, from the world around us, from social media, from what we read, what we see, what we hear from our peers. And that ultimately affects our decisions and actions. Right? And so, for a Jew then, what could be their worldview like? Right? And so many of them will think that the law is about following everything to the dot, but not really understanding what it means. No, so they are to choose their worldview. Will it be the messages from the world around them? Or will it be the Word? Okay, the Word of God. So Jesus gives this analogy of two gates. Okay, the narrow gate and the wide gate. The narrow gate leads to life. The wide gate is, leads to destruction. So when we were in Nazareth village in Bethlehem, uh, they showed us a sample of what the gate could be like. And usually it is a big gate with one small door. Right? So when the big gate opens, you are from your house, you're going outside, you will see the wide the wide uh, space outside that leads to the world. But when you're coming home, you just simply need to open the small door to enter your house. Right? So it's two gates, no? So probably when Jesus was giving this analogy, that was what they were thinking about. Right? You just need that one small door to get back into your home, your place of safety, okay? And that's the idea here. Either they go and obey the ways of the world, pursue the world outside, or they return home to their one true God, to the one they worship, who will keep them safe. Because we were thinking about two separate gates, but it's one gate. One leads out and one returns in. But sad to say, despite they are the chosen people of God during that time, they have chosen to follow the patterns of the world instead of the standards of their God. Right? And so that's the idea here. So Jesus points out that they have to choose one worldview above the rest of their worldviews and cause it the narrow gate. The word of God, the requirement of God for kingdom citizens. And that calls for us to put the word of God 
above all things and to interpret the world around us through the lens of God's Word. Kaya sabi po sa Romans 12 verse 2 ni Paul, diba? be transformed. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the Word of God. Do not allow the belief system of the world to influence your life as a Christian, but instead, allow your faith as a Christian to influence all that there is in life, the narrow gate. And so I leave you with these questions today. Is your worldview still being shaped by the world? Right? What do you pursue? What do you love? Enjoyment lang ba? Or it is already being shaped by the word that you know your sole purpose is to honor God in your life, in your family, in your ministry, in your work. Okay, have you understand that already according to the worldview of the word of God? Okay, because these two worldviews, the world and God's word, will continue to battle in you. Okay, because you cannot deny that you grew up in the planet Earth with all these influences banging at your door every day. Okay, but eventually, which worldview wins depends on your choice. You have to choose what worldview to follow. Now, aside from choosing your, their worldview, how they see the world now, they have to also choose what kind of leaders they will be following. Right? They have to select influences and life outcomes. And let me explain that from Matthew 7, 15 to 20. No? Basahin natin. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inside are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Huh? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but a diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, you can recognize them by their fruit. Now, you have heard so many of these things of selecting your life influences and life outcomes. Like example, no? show me who your friends are and I will show you who you are. No? Or birds of the same feathers flock together. Or bad company corrupts good character. And these are sage or wise advice, right? Because these are common observations of social relationships. They do carry truth in them, right? Kaya your parents will always check who are your friends, who are you hanging out with, what do they do? Because they know that the people you hang out with affects you and influences you. And it will also influence the way you speak, the way you think, what you do. Okay? And that's also the reason why the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. Right? With peoples from a totally different belief system because it will affect how you make decisions, how you do business, how you 
um, live your life. And this is also the very same reason God wanted to set the people of Israel apart from the Canaanites. Because given, they will influence the Israelites with their worldview. And it happened. Or to abstain from having these foreign wives that worship idols. Because later on, your children will worship their gods instead. Now, this becomes even more critical if they, these are people you look up to or try to imitate or emulate. Right? That's why sabi niya, beware of these false teachers. False teachers. Because if you're not careful, the way they think, what they teach will affect you. Right? And Jesus was pointing out after a long series of kingdom principles, no, he was comparing biblical teaching, sound doctrine, to those being taught by you know, the false teachers. Now, one day, a farmer grabbed his shotgun to shoot a flock of those pesky crows that are eating the grain. And unfortunately, he didn't notice that this very sociable parrot was hanging out with the crows, right? So when he gets his, you know, shooting a few shots, he walked over the fallen birds to his surprise because his sociable parrot na nakihang out sa crows was also injured with a broken wing. When the farmer's children asked their dad what happened, his reply was simple. Bad company, right? Tama naman eh, bad company. So you expect when you hang out with wicked people, you will end up in a righteous place and do righteous and holy things. Don't expect that. It won't happen. Yeah, so Jesus says, identify false teachers, right? Because they are bad influence. Observe their fruit. Observe the outcome of their lives, right? And he even warns them of the leaving of the teachers of the law. Because it just spreads out to the entire dough. It affects them with their negative attitude. So, pag meron tayong bad or negative attitude, let's beware as well. No? Let's listen to this. Okay? So, that's the same thing. Not because the person is a Christian, they're the positive, good influence or role model. Right? So, this is very critical for them to choose the right leaders so that their life would bear good fruit. When silver is mined from the ground, it is commonly mixed with some other elements. Walang, wala po kayo makita ang purong silver. No? And to get pure silver that can be used for commercial industrial purposes, you need to refine that silver. And silver has a very high melting point, around 2,200 degrees to get out all the impurities. Only when it is through that process okay, of purification can it become what we call the pure silver and used for its intended function. So beautiful silver pieces, high-tech equipment, and collectible coins all become possible because the silver is refined. But without that process of refining, it's worthless. So, ganun din, no? we have to let the Word of God refine our worldview. 
we have to also allow the Word of God to help us identify who to look up to. Okay? Are we being influenced towards the Word by these people? Or rather, the world? Not because they're church people, tamang influences na. Because leaders who are worth following will bring us closer to be Christ-like in our character and priorities. No? Leaders. No? Choose the right worldview. Choose the right leaders. And third, they are to choose their master. Okay? Are they going to give mere lip service like the teachers of the law, like the scribes? Or are they going to live in total obedience to the law of God or to the word of God? Now, this is the third passage. Okay? Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. Basahin po natin sa bayan. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You workers of lawlessness. You know, when you are a parent, one of the things that is uh, very heart-wrenching is if your child is showing negative behavior, sometimes even shady behavior, you know, it reflects you. Kasi, monkey see what monkey do. And sometimes that's the reality. Am I easily angered? Why is my child shouting? Iisip ko, shout ka rin. Alam mo na, ikaw yun. No? They're copying you. Right? And so when your child tries to escape punishment, Okay? Usually, they will deny. Okay? They will deny that they did it. Deny to death. That's one. Or they will blame somebody, kapatid, or friends. Na? Or sometimes, they will just make up stories. Or they will say, yes, I will do it. Yun yung tinatawag na lip service. But they will not do it. Right? And when you see your child's behavior, you will think, why is my child a potential future criminal. <laughs> and you will realize, well, I am no better. I am no better. And so it is not really an issue of just doing the right things. It is rather an issue of lordship. Who are you obeying and serving Right? So those reactions to escape punishment, it is more self-serving. More self-serving. So Jesus gives this parable of two sons, right? They were asked by the father to do something. The one says, yes, father, I will do it, but he does not do anything. But the other one, he said, I do not like to do it, but he ends up doing exactly what the father does. And ang tanong, which was better of the two. Now, of course, one agrees and disobeys, one disagrees and yet obeys. We would say the latter, but better if we do both. 
we agree to God and obey because we understand the heart of our master. Right? Kaya nga, we understand the heart of our master. A licensed pilot was flying his private plane one cloudy day, and he was not very experienced in landing uh, with the instrument landing. No? So, hindi pa siya ganun kagamay dun sa uh, mga, fasi, mga, ano, mga gear ng plane. And so, he started to panic. Okay, when the control tower was bringing him in, he was a bit, you know, confused. And so, there was a voice on the radio from the control tower. And this was what was said. Just obey instructions. We will take care of the obstructions. Just obey instructions and we will take care of the obstructions. And so that pilot needed to trust the control tower, okay? Not his own ability to make it work because he was new at this. This was taken from 365 devotions by Standard Publishing. And so that's the same way. We need to obey and sometimes you don't understand why, but we can trust the one who gives the command is a loving God who cares for us and wants what's best for us. And that his purpose, when it prevails, is what's best for us and all humanity. Right? We do not want to just do lip service. We want to totally obey. And that is why Jesus confronts Peter with these three questions. Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you, Sanya. Feed my sheep. Okay, three times. Do you love me more than this? No? Do you love me more than this? Until, you know, you know I love you, Peter says. And yet he was pained in his heart, right? Because he just ran away and took seven men to go back fishing. He has left his calling. And Jesus is there standing in front of me asking, do you love me more than this? Okay? If you say you do, why are you doing the other things? It's because Jesus was no longer master of his life. And saying you love him is just merely lip service. So when Jesus stands before you and asks you, do you love me more than this? You know, I hope when we say yes, Lord, I love you, it will not be, you know, mere lip service, but because you are committed to obey. Right? You are committed towards believing in His promises, believing in His purpose, believing in His goodness. That's why we obey. Now, Loretta Patterson once remarked to her husband, Ben, I know I die for Christ. I know. If I were put in a firing squad and I was asked to renounce Christ, I'd say, just shoot me. And that is the easy part. The hard part, according to Loretta Patterson, is rather to live for Christ. Right? Not dying for Him. And she is right. One huge heroic act would be easier than a lifetime of daily decisions and daily surrender and daily choices. And it may take a lifetime for us to discover 
that the promises of God were worth okay, obeying. Were worth obeying. Right? This is from Finding Hope When God Seems Silent by Ben Patterson. So, choosing our master is about living daily in obedience to our king. Are you growing in love and obedience to Christ as your master? It's not an easy route. You know, it is a series of surrenders. No? It's the lordship of Christ being more evident in our life. More and more. Okay? Are we really obeying him? Or following the voice of the world? Kaya nga, no? We have to choice, choose our worldview to see all things in the light of scripture. We are to choose our influences. They must be people who draw us to God no? and his truth. We must choose our uh, master. Is Jesus truly the master of our life? And last, then only and then can we be able to choose our priorities, right? Choosing foundations that can withstand the test, okay? That can withstand the test of faith, that we can stand firm. So let's read that passage together. That's the last point now. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it is founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. Right? It's construction analogy that Jesus used here. Right? And this is an analogy for actively choosing to obey Christ. Because good materials are worthless on shaky foundation. Ulitin ko ah, matalented ka, magaling ka, maabilidad ka, good materials are worth, worth, worthless on shaky foundation. Things bought at a garage sale usually don't end up on the evening news. But there was this one Chinese bowl bought by a New York family in 2007, became famous in April of 2013. The owners paid $3 only to discover it was a bowl from the Northern Song Dynasty and it is a thousand years old. Until someone told them what they really had, the family had that bowl stuck on the mantle of their fireplace. Okay? And when they placed the bowl at the auction house for sale, Okay, it was estimated $200,000. And during the auction, it was sold for 2 million US dollars. Okay, 2 million. Why would the first owner sell something valuable at just $3? And the answer, because they do not understand its true worth. Right? We may shake our heads at it. But we sometimes put higher value on worthless things. 
right? And that's why we need a change of our attitude, word, our attitudes towards the word of God because it is of great value. It is going to help you live out a full and meaningful life in Christ. Okay? But unless we understand its true value, it will not affect our priorities. It, and if it does not affect our priorities, the Word of God will not be the strong foundation that helps you withstand that testing. You know, we do not like the pain of developing this habit of study, of learning, of allowing the Word of God to transform us because it's hard work. We always want the easy way, and yet you are missing out on the value of it. And if we miss out on that value, how will our life end? Right? We want to start well and end well, where Jesus says good and faithful servants. So our priorities must be okay, rooted in God's word pa rin. Industrialist Charles Squab was a key figure in this Andrew Carnegie Steel empire. He was frustrated at the inability to get everything done. And so he reluctantly met with this consultant by the name of Ivy Lee, no? recommended by Rockefeller. Swab had little use for consultants, he thought. Okay, but because Rockefeller recommended Ivy Lee, you know, okay, let's meet her. So Ivy Lee proposal was to make a list of six important things he would do the next day for the health and function of the U.S. steel industry. Now, six things he would do. And at the end of the day, Swab was to review the list and move anything that had not been finished okay, to, the next, to the list the next day and add to that list. Para it's always his top six priorities for the day. And within 15 minutes, the meeting ended. Just a 15-minute consultation. Okay? And Lee told Swab to follow the practice for just 30 days. And then he sent him a payment on what he thought the advice was worth after 30 days. Okay? So guess how much Ivy Lee was paid by this industrialist? No? 15 minutes of consultation and he was he he paid him twenty five thousand U S dollars for that advice. Now that is what priorities are about. Now we have to actively do them, live them out. Okay. It is only during testing, trial, storms, challenges, difficulties that we understand the importance of having those priorities set in place, studying God's word, no? internalizing, applying God's word, meeting together in fellowship for mutual encouragement and support. All of these priorities will only make sense when the testing comes and it helps us stand firm. No? So the question is, what godly priorities are you holding on and living by or you should be holding on and living by? And how are these priorities shaping your life, family, career, and ministry? And if they are not, 
then you are missing out on the future benefits of having these priorities set. So Jesus was telling the crowd, listening to him at the Sermon of the Mount, you've heard me speak. You were astonished and you found all these things remarkable. It's worthless for you unless you make a choice of your worldview, of your influences, of your master, and of your priorities. It is of no value to you. So maybe you have not been doing your daily time with God. Go back to the word. No? You're familiar. We have taught this many times, the UECP method. No? Pick a passage of scripture, right? Spend time to do the four parts. Now, you can ask your small group leader or ask your pastor, what is the UECP method? It's uh, simply taking time to study a small portion of scripture every day. Or you can just do your daily devotion. Okay? Or maybe you need a study group. Are you in a life group? No? Our life group today, we do Discovery Bible Study. Okay? Which is a group, met- group way of doing the UECP method as well. Okay? No? If you're not in a life group, you need to be in one. No? It's uh, where you find accountability where people will keep you on your priorities and on your lordship. No? You need somebody to push you. You need to be part of your life group. And these critical choices we must make. Let me close with a story and a prayer. I'm a bit uh, in overtime. Mendelssohn, okay, the one who wrote the tama no, Hallelujah Chorus. Hindi ba? Mendelssohn is a famous composer. He visited a cathedral at Freiburg and having heard the great organ, he went to the organ loft and asked to be allowed to play. Now, and the old organist, because he was possessive of his organ, declined. But afterward, after much nudging, he let the German composer play at his church organ. And of course, they were awestruck because he was uh, known as the colossal thunderer, no? see Mendelssohn. She, he was such a great, great composer on the organ. And after standing by in ecstasy and delight, the old organist finally asked, what's your name, little, uh, 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 what's your name, mister? And of course, later, he learned it was Mendelssohn, no? the great composer. Okay, and he almost prevented Mendelssohn from touching his musical instrument. Now, how could I have missed that out? And so, uh, Funk and Gregory said, no? Christians often refuse to let God have his way in their life because they fear the outcome would be far from what they would want. Okay? And little did they know that if they let God do what he sees fit in their life, they will achieve an experience far greater than they ever dreamed of. Will you trust Jesus okay, to lead you? Will you believe in his words? came so that you might have life and have it to the full.
then you need to make those series of surrenders at the right moment and let Christ dwell more in your life. Let's pray. Loving God, we just want to come before you again. Help us not to take for granted that we have the Word of God, we have you as our Savior, and yet allow our lives to continue to go the way of the world instead of to go Christward. So Lord, we pray that you help us to understand what worldview do we live by today? How will we let the Word influence us in and out, transform the way we think, we speak, and how we see things around us? And so, Lord, that we will really obey you as our master, our savior, our Lord in all things and experience as we change our priorities to Christ's priorities, how you will use our lives to honor you and to declare your glory to all the world and that it is worthwhile because you are the God who is full of grace, full of love, and full of truth. If our hearts grow weak, Lord, help us to trust in your goodness and in your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.